in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. Austin City Council taking steps to protect the city from wildfires. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Jennifer Sanders. And I'm Daniel Muddy. And this was one of more than 100 topics city leaders took up today. The council approved the Parks and Recreation Department's land management and climate vulnerability plan in order to do things like address wildfire risk and also preserve native species. Councilmember Allison Alter said the plan will be a set of guidelines for city staff for the city's more than 10,000 acres of open space, including parks and green belts. It is going to provide us the, the, the tools and the guidance that we need to make sure that we have access to parks and preserves for many years to come, even with climate change. And City Council also approved requiring commercial composting collection at all multifamily communities like apartments starting October of next year. Now these properties must offer one gallon of composting capacity per unit. Large shared containers may be used to comply with that requirement. Eligible properties can get up to $3,000 in rebates to start or expand composting services before this goes into effect. And an incentive agreement with NXP, a Dutch-based semiconductor manufacturer, was also unanimously signed off on today by the council. The agreement is to expand its chip manufacturing capacity in Austin. Now, NXP has been in Austin since 1974 and already has two facilities which employ nearly 3,000 people. Austin City Council members asked the city to revise its partnership to include a child care fund, which was brought to the council today. Our Grace Reader will have more on that impact a little later tonight at 10. And City Council also approved members of the new Austin Police Reserve Force. This force is made of retired officers that have gone through training and retired honorably with the goal of serving when big events happen like ACL. Now there are still many items City Council is discussing, so stay up to date with some items we're keeping our eyes on including police oversight implementation and affordable housing for health care workers. You can find that all under the story at KXAN.com. The mayor of Eagle Pass is declaring a state of emergency as a surge of thousands of migrants stream across the border. This, as we learn, a three-year-old drowned yesterday while attempting to cross the Rio with his family. The emergency declaration will be in place for one week. Eagle Pass said yesterday 6,000 people had crossed the river in two days, many of them from Venezuela. City, state, and federal leaders are trying to figure out how to respond as the city's resources are struggling to handle the search. Processing migrants usually takes several days but could take longer this time due to this huge influx. Some people are being sent to border facilities in Laredo and El Paso to be processed. All migrants are screened for any criminal history. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans out tonight. So let's get you to your forecast here because you'll notice today we hit 97, not 100, which is the victory, but unfortunately 90 is where we should be. So still well above average. We've got several more red boxes to come, unfortunately, when it comes to the temperatures. Here's what it feels like outside at the hour. 100 in Austin. Heat index up to 98 in Lano. 104 Cameron. 101 in LaGrange. Higher humidity is out east giving us those higher heat index readings, but
but as far as the humidity goes, there's not going to be a whole lot of change, at least in the short term. We've got high humidity staying with us all the way through the weekend. Coming up in your first morning forecast, we'll talk about how close we get to that century mark in the next coming days. We do have some rain in the seven day forecast, though. I'll time that out for you, and then we'll look at the cooler temperatures, just relatively speaking, that will come after the rain. The details all ahead. All right, Kristen, thank you very much. At least one person is dead after a charter bus carrying students to a band camp in New York crashed on a highway. The bus was filled with members of a Long Island high school band when it rolled down an embankment. A county official says dozens were hurt, some of them critically. Now, it's not clear what led up to or caused it's the crash. President Joe Biden and the Ukrainian president are meeting for the second time this week and this time at the White House. It comes after President Volodymyr Zelensky met with members of Congress where he pressed lawmakers to keep backing his country's fight against Russia. Here's NBC's Alice Barr. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky dressed in his signature fatigues, bringing his nation's fight to the White House. Today I'm in Washington to strengthen our coalition to defend Ukrainian children, our families, our homes, freedom and democracy. And together with our partners and allies, the American people are determined to see to it that we do all we can to ensure the world stands with you. And the U.S. Capitol, where he met with lawmakers in both parties and both chambers. We spoke about everything, about support, about the situation on the battlefield, about our plans. President Zelensky trying to secure billions more in aid as his military struggles to break through entrenched Russian forces in a grinding counteroffensive. Mr. Zelensky said, if we don't get the aid, we will lose the war. But that aid is in question as House Republicans push for spending cuts and for proof Ukraine can win the war. I thought it was a direct, I thought it was productive. I raised issues with them. See, we're very concerned about accountability. Democratic Senator John Fetterman telling me he heard a clear message in the closed door meeting that Ukraine has a path to victory with U.S. support. I consider it a bargain to be able to break and humiliate Russia in the world stage. Responding to lawmaker questions, President Zelensky said his top priorities are F-16 fighter jets and long-range missile systems. Zelensky making his urgent plea amid fresh attacks at home while showing his gratitude in a wreath-laying ceremony at the Pentagon's 9-11 memorial, a symbolic gesture underscoring a shared fight for freedom. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. And House Speaker Kevin McCarthy praised the answers he heard from Zelensky and his team today, calling them direct and honest as he tries to navigate Republican infighting over Ukraine aid. Now, the White House is pressing for that continued support to deter not just Vladimir Putin, but others who might follow his lead. Well, while one strike continues, another may be ending. The negotiation developments on the United Auto Workers and the Riders Guild strikes. And growth is coming to many areas of central Texas, but in one city, it's not so centered. What's being done to balance out the city of Kyle? And the new way for you to learn what Austin's libraries offer up that doesn't involve reading. 
Well, one week into the United Auto Workers strike, and there are less than 24 hours until the union's threat to expand their work stoppage. Two of the nation's big three car makers announcing thousands of layoffs, and today a fourth is now being hit with walkouts. It started with Stellantis yesterday announcing a combined 350 non-striking employees were temporarily laid off between three plants in Ohio and Indiana. Now that was followed by GM announcing the temporary closure of a plant in Kansas, sending home nearly 2,000 non-striking employees. That Kansas plant needed parts from another plant that was shut down because of the strike, but the UAW holding strong to their demands against the big three, and the union says it has received a new contract offer from Stellantis, though we don't yet know what that entails. Well, now to the Hollywood writers strike, and a deal could be in the works and could be finalized as soon as today. A source says the talks we told you about yesterday were productive, but they add if a deal is not reached, the strike could last through the end of the year. Now, the main sticking points remain the wage increases, streaming payments, and the use of artificial intelligence. People are wondering if a Hollywood star who is a Texas, na Texas native will run for office in Texas. What he has to say about the idea coming up next. And unfortunately, we got a drought update today, and it didn't show massive improvements, but we did see some out in the hill country. So we'll take that as a win, and we did see a good amount of improvement a little further towards the west. South Plains, big country, Permian Basin all saw a class improvement. A little more rain to look forward to. We'll talk about when you can expect it coming up. The city of Kyle is kind of out of balance. It's growing quickly with new homes, restaurants, and shops opening up all the time. But much of that development is concentrated on the west side. KXA and Sarah Alshay tells us now about the new balancing act the city is trying to strike. Some describe it as a tale of two cities. On the west side of I-35 in Kyle, restaurants and stores continue to pop up. But on the east side... We live on the side where we have nothing. Nothing, yeah. That's the side <laughs> so we live on. Like we it's just apartments, no stores. Yeah. Brianna Rivas and Jamie Patton moved to East Kyle earlier this year with their son. Yay. The couple says they'd like to see a bit more of this near where they live. Everything over there from the sun <laughs> up to the sundown. Like I wish there was more like stores maybe, you know, like restaurants per se. It's something the city is trying to address. Kyle City Council just approved a $272.5 million budget. Four million of that is dedicated to creating an infrastructure plan for development of retail centers and grocery stores on the east side of the city. Previously, Mayor Travis Mitchell told KXAN it's a priority. We have projects going on in the city, east and west, north and south. While some encourage more growth on the east side, others like Del Monsivayas. He's a good boy. Say it's fine as is. I'm seeing farmland disappear. And I, I'm old school, so I personally, I love farmland. I think we have plenty on the west side. I don't think they need to expand. Still, Monsevias says he's come to terms with the inevitable. No matter where you move to, growth is everywhere. Sarah Alsha, KXAN News. And also in the new budget is $21 million for water system improvements, $1 million for increased street maintenance, and $150,000 for small business support. Now taking a closer look at the growth in Kyle, recently Mayor Mitchell said Tesla has plans to come to Hayes County. 
The city also approved a 600,000 square foot lifestyle center bringing big box retailers and standalone restaurants. Mitchell said the city is growing its medical hub as well. He announced St. David's Healthcare is coming to the area. Well, speculation is ramping up that voters may see an Austin favorite running for Texas office. Matthew McConaughey appeared earlier this week on an episode of the Smartless podcast to promote his new book. It's called Just Because. Now, the discussion turned to politics after McConaughey talked about his Greenlights Grant Initiative, and that's a national program that he launched connecting school districts to available federal school safety funding. Now, that's when he was asked if he would ever revisit running for a political office in Texas or even president of the United States. And McConaughey says that he wants to focus on his children, his organizations and foundations right now. But he did add, quote, I'm an artist, I'm a storyteller, I'm a folk singer. And are those parts of me that could be useful in a political position of leadership to be the CEO of the state or country? Maybe, end quote. Previous polls have shown McConaughey being competitive against Governor Greg Abbott. <laughs> so. I got so, like sort so of maybe. 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 Sure. Hey, that's that's our role, okay? That, that's what we do. We've got a chance of rain, but not everybody gets wet. You know, like, that's a page from the meteorologist book. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast. Because speaking of which, we do have some rain on the way. But yes, you know, I gotta say, not everybody's gonna see it. It's not a hundred percent chance. But let me get you to the focus of what we've got now, and then we'll get into the long term. Because at this moment, we got some rain, some cloud cover up to the north. I don't think that's going to be reaching us. Unfortunately, we've got a good amount of sunshine out there in the hill country. Look at our Fredericksburg camera courtesy of Barron's Creek Vineyards there. Gorgeous out there in the Juan country. But I'll tell you what, tonight it's, it's going to take a little while for those temperatures to come down because we were so hot everywhere today, well into the 90s. I'm not expecting those 80s to come in until about 9 o'clock and eventually we'll get the 70s by the time we wake up tomorrow morning. And like what we saw over the last 24 hours, the clouds will increase overnight into the morning hours and then we see some clearing midday. Tomorrow we'll go 98 south southeast wind continuing to pump up that humidity and boy do you feel it out there today. It is going to be, stay humid really all the way through the weekend. Gets a little better technically early next week but really what changes for us is we finally get a weather maker in here a cold front approaching us and that's going to bring us the chance to not only use that humidity but squeeze it out of the clouds as rain. Let's talk about that because right now high pressure's in control. That's what's given us those high temperatures in the 90s. But by the time we hit about Sunday, we'll go with some spottier showers. I think there's probably going to be uh, at least a little break between rounds to where we really start to see the rain coverage fill in here late in the day on Monday. Uh, and then by the time we hit Tuesday, then our rain chances start to peter out just a little bit. But we'll see what we can get. I think in general, most of the computers are telling me anywhere from about a quarter of an inch to three quarters of an inch. And I believe that. I think there's certainly the possibility of more, but I'm not expecting everybody to get an inch of rain out of this cold front. It's a, it's a front, it's got lift with it, but it's not necessarily the best looking cold front we've ever seen. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can get by the time we hit Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. The National Weather Service is going with a little bit of a higher amount here, three quarters of an inch to an inch and a half. We'll take that, right? But there is one concern, and that could be maybe some uh, isolated flooding spots by the time we hit Monday. Monday will be the wettest day. Cooler temperatures will fill in Tuesday. Just briefly wanted to mention, if you've got friends and family along the East Coast, or maybe you've got a trip to the Eastern Seaboard as we get into the weekend, we are now tracking potential tropical cyclone 16. 
basically a fancy name for this storm. This disturbance doesn't have a name yet, but there is a very high chance that it does within the next 24 hours, and that name would be Ophelia. Tropical storm Ophelia is expected to make landfall here. Somewhere along the Carolinas, and the at tropical storm strength, it's going to run out of time before it becomes anything stronger, but it's going to bring some really heavy rain, high swells, tropical storm force winds, even some storm surge here to portions of coastal Virginia and North Carolina as we get into Saturday and Sunday, and then eventually it kind of wraps around, but the state's impacted here pretty much everybody along the east coast starting from about Georgia north. So just a heads up for friends and family out there. We are not going to see any part of that, any part of that affecting us here in Texas. Uh, so our seven-day forecast remains dry pretty much for tomorrow. Saturday, an isolated shower possible in our eastern counties. Nothing that I'm convinced is actually going to cause problems, though. Mm, Sunday into Monday, now we start to think maybe a plan B if you've got Monday afternoon evening plans outside with that 60% chance of rain. You see the temperatures will get cooler after that front and that rain. We're in the lower 90s, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and our overnight lows will also get a touch cooler. It'll be warm and humid for the next several mornings, but we'll likely be waking up to 60s here in Austin by Wednesday of next week. All right, Kristen, thank you very much. Well, did you know that you can borrow more than just books from the Austin Public Library? Season two of the library's podcast series, APL Volumes, details all of the unique offerings the library branches have in store. From tools and craft supplies to vinyl records and even seeds, they have a lot of stuff. APL staff says they wanted to use the podcast to help reach new audiences and give residents an inside look at all the collections in store. A podcast is a really great way to um, get out and reach different people, and we're just really excited to tell different people about all of the awesome, awesome and cool stuff that the Austin Public Library has that they may not know about. And the second season of the library's podcast premieres next week on September 27th. Our digital reporter Kelsey Thompson breaks down all the extra services available to residents as well as how to listen to the podcast online for you at KXAN.com. Well, there are manhunts happening around the country where police are searching for escaped inmates. Tonight on News Nation, as a new wave of migrants enters the U.S., who's got the best plan on how to handle this growing problem throughout all America? Republicans or Democrats? Leland's tracking every angle. Ben, a college degree was once considered part of the American dream, but a new study suggests that Americans' attitudes are changing. What's behind the shift and what it could mean for the future of higher education? That's tonight on On Balance. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. There's a manhunt for a murder suspect in Indiana. Authorities say an inmate was mistakenly released from jail just two days after his arrest because of a clerical error. Now, the suspect, 28-year-old Kevin Mason, walked out last Wednesday, but officials didn't tell the public until a week later. They say the extra time was part of a strategy to catch him, but they haven't caught him. The suspect's girlfriend, however, was arrested yesterday, accused of picking him up from jail and buying him a phone and other things at a Walmart. They believe she knows where he is. An internal investigation is underway as police ask the public for any information. And St. Louis police are also searching for an inmate after he escaped this morning while receiving medical treatment at a hospital. The St. Louis County Police Department says Tommy Wayne Boyd 
left prison to go to the hospital yesterday for treatment. Now, staff just saw Boyd just before four this morning. Surveillance video shows him leaving the hospital, but it's still unclear where he went. He was serving a 30-year sentence for the statutory sodomy of a child, and police say Boyd should be considered dangerous. A former Round Rock pastor will spend a little under six years in prison and 10 years of supervised release for child pornography charges. 57-year-old David Lloyd Walter of Georgetown was sentenced to 70 months yesterday in federal courts. He must also pay restitution of $61,000. Coming up tonight on Primetime, Password starts at 7, then two hours of American Ninja Warrior. That starts at 8 o'clock, and then we're back here for KXAN News at 10 o'clock. Or as always, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin. Here is where to find us.